Hello and welcome to Hot Topics Live. I'm Peter Stjanovich, editor of hottopics.ht, and this is the final episode of our Future Work series in partnership with Okta. Now, in this final episode, I'll be joined by Jesper Frederiksen, Okta's VP and General Manager for EMEA. Together, we're going to be reflecting and reviewing some of the most interesting insights we learned across the series, from Fujitsu, Welcome Trust, Born Leisure, and the Hut Group's technology leaders. Let's join him now. Jesper Frederiksen, thank you so much for joining me on this final episode of the Future of Work series. Um, could you first introduce yourself and your role um, to the audience, please? Sure, uh, happy to be here. Yeah, um, my name is Jesper. I lead uh, the Okta team across Europe, Middle East and Africa. I am normally based uh, out of uh, London, our, our office in central London, which is our, our main uh, site in Europe. But on the topic of working remote, I'm actually taking uh, this conversation today from lovely Copenhagen. So uh, making uh, full use of uh, the ability to, uh, to sort of uh, not be tied down to a particular location. Um, and obviously, just a bit of context on Okta, we are a uh, software provider that helps uh, provide secure access between people and any form of technology that they need access to. And that's both in a work context where we give you the ability to access all of the applications in your company uh, through a very uh, easy and seamless manner, but also in a more private context where we power a lot of applications. So as an example, if you go onto the Emirates application and you want to go in and check your air mile status, you're actually locking into Okta. So we're also helping facilitate um, secure access uh, to uh, mobile applications and web services for consumers. Absolutely right. Your location is very topical right now. But part of the reason for this series and its uh, entirety is the fact that the last three or four months have upended many of the social cultural trends within the workplace that we would have thought would be five years in the making. Clearly, working from home is uh, a disruption. Some are uh, being successful uh, about its reaction to the future of work and, and some less so. Um, as, as you might know, I've interviewed sort of four leading technology individuals um, in respect to different industries and sectors. Um, and they've all discussed different challenges, different opportunities that have been presented um, by some of the trends we've experienced the last four months. Um, you know, if we can bake them into three different um, buckets, we're talking about security, agility uh, and productivity. Um, I know all those core aspects are important to any, any company, but, you know, I suspect that the last three months have made have, uh, have forced people to balance those in ways they haven't before. Um, we're going to jump into some of those interviews and some of the best bits from those interviews. I think it'd be interesting for, for, for us and, and the audience to understand and reflect on, on how those interviews have, have, have gone on and, and what your take on those sorts have been. So, so the first clip I, I'd like us to look at, um, yes, but is, is from Guy Mason. He's the CIO of Born Leisure. And, and he specifically talks about the fact that the, the hospitality industry in Britain and in Europe has had to pause. Um, they've increased his security function. But he, uh, as you see in a second, he admits that there's a sort of bit of balance and a trade-off between um, security and agility. Um, so let, let's watch the clip, uh, you and I, and then, um, and then it'll be good to hear your thoughts. Absolutely. We're doing two things. One is we're actually making fewer changes and change normally drives risk. So we're doing fewer changes. We've got a smaller team working on this. And uh, during the COVID period, we're not going to make any major systems changes. So that's the first piece. The second piece is we've looked very hard at what the core components of our security uh, needs are. And some of the security projects that we were doing at a 
possibly a slower, more cautious pace, we've accelerated to make sure they are in place. Um, yeah, I think Guy brings up a number of very important topics here. One thing I find interesting, though, is he talks about limiting the amount of change. And uh, and certainly that makes a ton of sense where you're trying to to sort of reduce the number of new variables in your environment. But one of the things I've seen is that actually uh, a number of organizations have been forced to make a, a lot of changes um, because of this new uh, environment they, uh, they found themselves in. And a couple of the things that we're seeing, we obviously see what new applications or technologies are being implemented amongst our customers uh, because of the, the fact they're using the Okta platform to access all of these things. And we've certainly seen a number of new deployments of various forms of collaboration tools, for instance, the, the Zoom technology that, that we're using for this. Um, so video conferencing, um, communication tools like SAT, uh, Slack, uh, etc. And of course, we've also seen a massive uptick in the use of sort of remote access tools like VPNs from uh, Palo Alto Network and, and others. So I think um, his recommendation of, of scaling down the amount of change in this uh, period makes a lot of sense, but obviously some, some changes are necessary. And one of the things we've seen is that we've actually, during this whole uh, pandemic, conducted a uh, big survey. We spoke to 2,000 UK office workers uh, to uh, to get their feedback on how things are working out. And one of the things that was actually to me sort of personally a bit surprising was the fact that 55% of the respondents in the UK uh, said that they'd never worked from home before. And obviously for someone like uh, myself you know, who work in the technology sector, that that's pretty sort of uh, hard to grasp that that number is so high. Uh, and of course, in some uh, sectors like manufacturing, the number was 59%, in construction, 62%. And in real estate, 66%. So we certainly have had to go and make a, a lot of very urgent uh, changes to facilitate the remote access for uh, all of these people who's never uh, done so before. Um, and of course, as that happened, and, and Guy talks about the security aspect and the risk picture, we've also seen a very significant uptake in the risk picture because every time there's a change, every time there is a, a sort of... A, new points of potential weakness. Unfortunately, there are bad people in the world who will attempt to make use of that. And um, there's lots of different sources out there who talks about the, uh, the rise in uh, phishing scams, uh, the attempted sort of ransomware attacks and, and denial of service attacks. So uh, it's absolutely true that the security teams have, uh, have had to, to work uh, over time to make sure that um, they kept their organization and the individual secure. And another way uh, to validate that is we've also seen that actually the fifth sort of fastest growing app on uh, application in our application catalog uh, was the security awareness training that uh, Proofpoint provides. And that's really good to see because that basically tells you that organizations have uh, deployed good technology to educate uh, their staff on, on sort of best behavior and, and best practice in terms of working remote. So that's another validation that um, a lot of our customers have invested in making sure that they address the potential weakest link, which actually uh, is human error. I was going to say, we know that uh, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From, from what you've seen in the last four months, do you actually think the last um, upending of our industries, as you've just discussed, will be a good thing for security teams as they sort of seek to push the boundaries of what we can do um, with our privacy um, innovatively? Um, I think it'll accelerate a trend that, that we believe is, uh, is, is, uh, is badly needed. Uh, 
I'll come back once we watch uh, one of the, the future videos and talk about this concept of zero trust. Um, but I think what, what this uh, period we've just gone through has certainly highlighted is the fact that you cannot rely on physical uh, sort of access and physical security to keep uh, your organization uh, secure uh, technology-wise. Because it used to be that, hey, if you had a, a token and you could lock in with uh, through your VPN and you had your little six-digit pin, that defined security and that defined secure access. And of course, we cannot rely on that anymore where people are all over the place. The notion of, of a physical um, perimeter around your business makes no sense. So I do think that this will be a force and function for many businesses for rethinking how they uh, provide access to applications going forward. Let's move um, on, if we may, to our next interview, which is Eileen Jennings-Brown, the head of technology for the Wellcome Trust. Um, that was a fascinating interview, uh, not least because Wellcome actually initiated a digital transformation uh, two or three years ago. So they're sort of reaping the rewards uh, a little bit compared to other um, institutions and organisations. But um, Eileen specifically wanted us to recalibrate remote working and redefine what that means. Um, let's have a look at the quote and, and see what you make of, uh, of her point. I think we have to be very careful about what we are calling working remotely because lots of people have had to make compromises in order to be able to do their job at home under the circumstances. So yes, everybody is able to access systems, work on a computer when they're not in the building. But being able to work remotely is a little, needs a bit tighter definition. Yeah, I, I think Eileen um, brings up a, a massive point here. And, and of course, we talked uh, about the segment before more about technology. But, but here we touch more, much more on the human side. Before we go into that, though, I, I want to share a couple of data points. And that is, uh, even at the most basic level, there are still some, some technology restraints that organizations have gone through. Um, when we went out in this survey I talked about before, um, one of the questions we asked say, was, have you been able to access the software you need to do your job? And 60% of the respondents um, said, yes, we have. And of course, that's good news. But uh, actually, 24% of the newly remote workers said, no, um, we don't have access to the technology. And again, depending on, on, on industry, for instance, retail, not surprisingly, 41% said, no, we can't be productive remote transportation and, and distribution 36 and hospitality and leisure 35 percent so there there's definitely been some very basic things that haven't been um, been available to a, a large portion of the workforce and even something as as basic as having a hardware device that could access the uh, the, the uh, you could use to access the uh, applications you needed um 28 percent of the people we we talked to said we don't have the equipment uh, to to give access so um Let's move on to the cultural side, but it, it's, it's certainly important to say that there are some very basic things um, that a lot of business have, have been caught out on uh, as they had to uh, sort of in, in very short order move to remote work. Um, but on the cultural side, I, I definitely agree that um, there's been so many things um, talked about and certainly again, we've experienced in Okta and, and also in our survey, we saw uh, some, some interesting stats and also we saw very big differences depending on sort of your life situation, where you live. So of course, it's very different, um, the challenges you face, whether you're a young person living in a small flat uh, uh, with flatmates in central London, or if you're 
uh, if you're a uh, a family of five, three, uh, three children at home uh, living outside of a big city. So um, we uh, some of the data, interesting data points we got back and some of the things we have to think about as we consider this uh, new world of working uh, remote. Um, 23% of the people we spoke to said that they struggled to do the job simply because they weren't in the same place as their co-workers. Um, a quarter of the people we, uh, we interviewed said that they were uh, not productive because of their sort of situation at home, meaning either they had uh, children around them they had to look out for or they didn't have the, uh, the workspace that allowed them to be productive. Um, but more interestingly, and, and that also comes back to culture, what people missed the most were actually human interaction. So more than half of the, uh, the people we interviewed in the UK, in fact, 57% said they miss having in-person conversations. Um, and about half of them, 49% said they missed uh, just having the, uh, the relationships and building on the relationships they've forged in the office. So a lot of this actually uh, comes down to, to just our need as human, uh, our needs as, as human being for interacting with others. Uh, that brings yeah. us on very nicely, Esper, to our, to our next interviewee, Kathy Mulligan. Uh, Fujitsu's VP CTO for North and West Europe, because actually her clip, as we'll both see in a second, talks about her, her new remit as a, as a technology leader being the people, which we all felt, felt a little surprise at. Um, so let's look at that clip, because I think it uh, sort of forms a narrative quite nicely from that cultural aspect to the employee contribution and that trust element that leaders are putting onto their, their, um, their teams. Let's watch it now. As a technology leader, I think the main focus actually ironically has to be people and uh, helping people, you know, from a human-centric perspective, understand how to engage properly with these technologies. Obviously, productivity is an important point, but I think also employee contribution. You know, to be an engaged employee, you must feel like you've contributed. Yeah, uh, again, I can only say I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with the, the points Cathy makes. I think as we migrate to a much more dynamic work from everywhere approach, um, and by the way, one of the stats that, that is basically telling us we will have to do this, forget about COVID, forget about, about sort of going back to the old world when, we, when we're on the other side of this. Only 24% of the people we interviewed told us that they would like to go back to working in the office five days a week. So that's, that basically means that three-thirds of the, the working population would like to, to keep some level of the flexibility they've just experienced. And you can only do that, in my opinion, um, if you trust in people, if you trust that they will continue to do their job, if you trust that they would adhere to your security policies, and if you trust that you have the right technology in place to, to allow that. So um, I think if, if there's one thing that we take away from all of this is you have to to, um, to build a technology infrastructure that allows you uh, to, uh, to implement this, where you give secure access that is very easy to use. It is seamless, it, it does not interfere with productivity, but at the same time, it achieves a very high level of security. And that's basically what we do at Okta. That's how we help organizations in, in this area. Um, yes? I was gonna ask how, uh, from that Okta position, would you encourage um, other leaders who are possibly watching this interview now to um, focus on that trust aspect, to encourage them to trust their employees a little bit more? Do you have any advice on that? 
Well, uh, and I think that's just my, my outlook on, on life in general. I think you have to trust people. I mean, if, if, you, uh, if you micromanage individually, if you monitor them to, to the nth degree, uh, I don't think you'll ever get, get the maximum um, out, of, out of an individual. So I, I, I just think that you have to realize that we, uh, we spend a lot of time and money hiring uh, professionals to do a job. They're very capable. Uh, they, they, we need to let them loose and, and, and go and, and do their best work. Uh, and certainly my belief is that you only do that if you provide people with the right tools, you educate them or train them well in what you need them to do, you define clearly what the outcome uh, that you're looking to achieve is, and then you let them uh, to, to go away and do their thing. Um, so so that's, that's my recommendation. You, uh, you, you, you have to trust in your employees to do the right thing. And of course, as a business, you have to give them the tools to do that. And back to your question from before, uh, I think one of the things that, that you have to look at now is this concept of zero trust. You cannot believe that, uh, that um, if you plug into uh, to the network uh, connection in the office or if you're on the company Wi-Fi, that, that means that you are by definition trusted and secure. You have to rethink this. Um, so um, that basically means that um, you have to think about what, how, do I, how do I provide access in different contexts? And I'll give you an example about what I mean by context. So um, if I log in from a cafe here in Copenhagen and I want to access my company Wi-Fi, I will be, uh, it'll be a very sort of seamless experience for me because that's deemed a low-risk transaction. I'm not trying to access anything critical. Whereas if, if, uh, if we see an attempt to access into the ERP system, from an unknown device connecting from a high-risk country, we may decide to block that altogether or certainly enforce multiple levels of, uh, of security checks. So I, I do think that you have, as you consider uh, moving to this zero trust world, you have to think about how you provide contextual access. It cannot be sort of binary yes, no on security. It has to be a gradual um, model uh, that takes into account the user, the state of the device, the location you're coming from, uh, the time of day, and of course, ultimately, what is the, the service of the application you're trying to, uh, to access. Um, so that's one of my big recommendations is that um, businesses have to, uh, to, to really start to take an interest in this new um, access concept called Zero Trust. And of course, if you're a relatively new business where most of your technology is, is new and, and runs in the cloud, that's very straightforward. You can actually implement that um, in a very short period of time. Whereas if you're a more traditional business or, or a public sector organization with a, a lot of legacy, obviously that's a, a bit harder. But nonetheless, I do feel it's a, it's a concept that every business need to uh, think very carefully about now. Absolutely. And the final um, fascinating part of the series I wanted us to touch upon was actually on our last interview with Joanna Drake, who's the Huck Group's CIA. Now they're a British e-commerce platform and they're doing very, very well. Um, they actually experienced their biggest growth um, stage um, in their history. Um, so they're in a position where they've got the mental capacity to, to think ahead and look ahead um, past um, this year's upending of, of, of the industry and the global sector. Um, so we'll look at her clip and uh, see what she has to say. I'll be interested to know what you think and if we can compare that with your foresight for what you think the future of work will play out like. So let's watch it now. I think uh, we will continue on down the sort of, you know, heavy automation, continuing down the zero touch provisioning um, 
continuing with things like, you know, the app stores and self-serve stuff. Um, and then I think it's going to be things like probably going around some other legacy technologies and looking to, to replace them. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the hot group. They are, they're a, a long-term Octa customer uh, and uh, I do a lot of good uh, stuff with our, our technology. And this, I think that I love the approach they're taking, uh, Joanna and, and the, the team at the hot group. And if I use a metaphor, uh, it's this thing that when, when the winds of change blow, blows, some people uh, sort of take shelter while others build uh, windmills. And I think that's the approach the hot group is taking here, right? They're actually um, building a, a technology platform where they're focused on getting the maximum value out of the tools they picked. Um, they drive automation very aggressively, which means that they can go and make some of these massive changes like an acquisition she mentioned here. And then they just have a very positive attitude towards change, right? They don't view it as a threat. They view it as an opportunity. And I think that, in my opinion, is what sort of encapsulates the, the winning organizations who will do well during this period of transition and, and quite frankly, during any period of transition. Um, and I think to, if, I, if I sum up what I take away from these, these videos is that we have to do things differently going forward. We have to accept that our employees are, have very different situations. So there will definitely be employees due to their, uh, their living situations, as we said before, for instance, a small flat in London. That will be most productive by uh, taking a, call, uh, a commute into the office, while others perhaps who live out of time and who have families and who have a long commute, they'll definitely uh, be a, a far more uh, productive, uh, have a, a happier life and, and just be uh, in a much better state um, if they can work flexibly and remotely. So um, my takeaway, uh, which is something I've always believed, but it's certainly been highlighted by the period we've been through, is that one size fits all is absolutely not the best solution. Um, and that means, of course, we have to handle this both from a technology perspective we have to handle it from a cultural perspective, as we talked about. And actually, in some ways, we almost have to handle it from a sort of re employee relations and, and HR perspective. Um, so some of the things we're doing at, at Okta is that um, we had started this concept before um, the COVID uh, crisis hit us. But we were working on a concept called dynamic work. And dynamic work is all about enabling uh, employees to work from anywhere. Uh, it means that uh, we will have a different office setup. We probably won't have as much big office space, but we'll have more like meeting facilities where you can come in and, and connect with your peers. You can, you can have a meeting or, or some brainstorming sessions, but it's not an environment where there is a dedicated desk for, for every person uh, and meant for them to sit there five days a week. It's a, it's a much different approach. And it, it goes beyond just the location. It also uh, means that um, you, you probably need to implement flexible benefits. Again, employees are at different points in their life. They will value different things. Um, the flexibility, obviously, like me sitting here working from Copenhagen and then just building yeah, experimental work environments that will be far more inspirational and will, will help sort of foster a, uh, an environment of creativity and teamwork. Um, so I, I think we, uh, we, we, we've had to adopt through, during this period of change and obviously... Some organizations have had to take a bigger leap. Uh, some of those we talked about earlier where you didn't work remote before, you hadn't prepared for your employees uh, having uh, remote access, etc. I'm impressed by what I've seen. Most of the customer organizations we speak to, they've actually done a great job of, of making that leap and making it work. 
And I think now uh, we, we're entering probably a, a second phase where it's all about, well, what can we take away from this and make permanent? And what can we keep that will keep our organizations or make our organization stronger uh, and, and make our employees uh, happier and more productive? So I'm, I'm quite excited about where we are and, uh, and what the future holds. Well, Jesper, thank you very much for joining me today and thank you for your reflections on, on what's been a fascinating um, few weeks in this series. Um, and yeah, of course, like you, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out in the future. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you to Jesper for sharing those reflections on what's been a fascinating series, The Future of Work. What we've learned is that security, agility and productivity are some of the key ingredients that are helping businesses survive and thrive under lockdown, as well as being forced to reconcile teams, technologies and workplaces. We're looking forward to seeing what the next six months bring. Thank you for joining us once again and hopefully we'll see you soon in our future Hot Topics Live series. Until then, goodbye.